Welcome to Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears and I'm joined as always by Federico Vitici. Hello, Fraser. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm a bit uh, lost in the writing process mm -hmm. of my iOS 10 review, but I'm getting there. I've, okay. I've made really good progress so far, so everything's great. Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting year to write review, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, um, there's not a lot of iPad stuff, but there's a lot of like foundational changes that you know, also work on the iPad. Uh, it's yeah. it's a different, uh, I would say it's a different rhythm from last year when mm -hmm. I had this big uh, iPad section in the middle of the review. And this year, instead of being iPad, it's messages. <laughs> so I wrote yeah. like 10,000 words on messages. Yeah, uh, it's Apple's to... fifth platform messages, isn't it? Yeah, right. It's a it's yeah. a, it's a really big change, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'm getting there, Fraser. I will. Good, good, good. I will send you a draft. Uh, okay. Soon. Well, d don't forget to mention those Swift playgrounds. That's uh, that's my yeah, pet that, feature. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that I need to understand how to cover. We'll see. Um. So I've got a little update on a project I've been working on, which is uh, this Barefoot College project. You remember a few weeks ago we talked about, um, basically the iPads that are our school's been using for the last three years are coming off lease and I've been trying to raise money online to uh, buy out that lease and send these iPads off to India where they'll be used to help train uh, women to become solar engineers to build projects for their communities. Well, that project just got funded uh, yesterday. So, Yay. <laughs> uh, so we've made it uh, through a combination of, you know, people have been very generous with donations online, but also... Um, the finance company gave us a they cut how much money we had to raise so the the new target is about seven thousand two hundred pounds and we've just passed that so uh, additional donations are still possible for the next week or so um and basically what we'll do with any of the rest of the money is we'll buy spare lightning cables and send them out because uh you know after three years lightning cables don't really survive that well so uh, we need to uh, replace a few that are here but uh, that's that project is definitely going to happen now, and I've been spending the week packing them up uh, because our new iPads arrived for the school as well. So I've been sitting in a small room all week, surrounded by about 250 iPads, some going in, some coming out, uh, and that's uh, that's been my week so far. It's like your your own personal army of iPads. Basically, I'm building a little fort with them, and I'm not coming out this room <laughs> ever again. <laughs> That's so awesome, Fraser. I'm so happy for you. It's a, it's a great project, and uh, you it deserves to be funded. And I'm I'm uh, really happy to see it come to fruition. It's it's great. Yeah, no, it's a big thank you to everybody who donated for that as well. So for today's show, we thought we could start a sort of mini series on task managers on iOS. So as you all know, there's no shortage of task managers to do apps on iOS, and we thought we could go a little deeper into different kinds of task managers. So we can cover the full-featured task managers and services, and we can also focus on the more lightweight to-do apps, you know, with maybe a smaller feature set, a little more focus on a specific uh, area of task management. And as, as always, we cannot possibly cover every single task manager on the app store. There's probably like, <laughs> I would say, a million task managers. Yes, uh, so yeah, of, of the two million iOS apps, one million of them are task managers. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So yeah. instead, we're, we're just going to focus on the most popular options, the ones that we know, that we've tried, and hopefully you will have a better understanding of maybe a different task manager that's out there for you waiting right now. And I thought, Fraser, I could start with Todoist. Okay, well, let me say just one thing before we roll into that. I just wanted to sort of lay out my feeling about task managers, which is that 
not only is, I mean, I'm sure you believe this as well, right? But it's not the case that there's there is one task manager that's the best. Different people have different needs. Some people work solo. Some people work in teams. And but here's the other thing, right? And this this is like the next level understanding of task management on iOS is that it's totally okay to use two different apps, right? <laughs> this is the thing that people sort of get really fundamentalist about on the web is like, what's the best one that I use for everything? But in fact, I don't know if you do this, but I certainly use more than one task manager app for different things. Uh, OmniFocus is my main one, but I also use, I'll use, you know, the checklist and notes sometimes. I'll use reminders for certain things as well. Uh, and, and it really helps to kind of get an understanding of the key features you're looking for, as well as just, you know, what's the what's the one that's designed the best, for example. Oh, totally. And, and, I, and I've also been going through different task managers at different moments of my life, because when a what I discovered is at some points I was less busy and so a full feature task manager is not what I was looking for. At other times I was prioritizing, you know, collaboration features. Uh, so I feel like I haven't been completely religious in terms of sticking to one task manager uh, just because, you know, it's my uh, philosophy in a way that life is ever-changing and unless you have a really good reason there's no point in making any app uh, work for you even when it doesn't uh, and and it's something that I've noticed particularly with task managers uh, you know I've used reminders I've used to do I've used to do it's so many focus and depending on how busy I am and what kind of work I'm doing. You know, am I working by myself or am I collaborating with others? Uh, do I need to have, you know, web automation stuff? Uh, I just switch between them because at the end of the day, it's just a tool and I want to use the best tool for me, uh, you know, every time. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, Todoist. Todoist is primarily a web service uh, and it's cross-platform. It's available on, on all the major platforms, you know, like iOS, OS X, or should I say macOS, uh, <laughs> Android, Windows. It, it, basically, if you use an operating system, you can rest assured there's a Todoist app for that. And if there's not, there's a web app. So unlike all of, the majority, I would say, of iOS task managers, Todoist has a full web app where you can log into from any web browser and use any, uh, you know, feature that you know from Todoist directly on the web. Uh, because it's a web app and because uh, the Todoist developers focus a lot on you know, cross-platform features, collaboration, uh, its sync is very fast. So it's got this web-based uh, task manager uh, it's very fast. Uh, whenever you make a change on the web, it propagates to iOS, to macOS. And it's definitely one of the best aspects of Todoist is you just log in anywhere, you make a change, and the changes propagates across all of your different accounts uh, and across all of your different you know, Todoist uh, installations. Uh, what was recently added, I think, uh, in the past two years, well, Todoist has been going for a long time, but in the past two years, they added uh, natural language support. So when you create a task, uh, you can type out stuff like uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow or August 10 at 8 p.m. And Todoist, just like Fantastical, uh, will parse the, da uh, the date, the time. You can even add syntax for repeating dates. Uh, so y you have a little more freedom instead of having to pick dates and times from a menu. You can just uh, write them down in, in English and recognize the date for you. Uh, Todoist is, a, is a very much on the full-featured camp. Uh, so it's got you, you can organize your tasks in projects, in sub-projects. You can have labels for, um, you know, 
different tasks and you and you can create filters. So filters are similar to if you're familiar with perspectives in OmniFocus and maybe even more with uh, with the smart search uh, featuring to do. Uh, this, the concept is very similar. You can create custom views to show you a specific subset of tasks, uh, either from a project or with with a specific status or you know tasks that have been labeled, uh, and and you create these specific views to help you narrow down your uh, specific items in your projects. So, for example, in my in my use of Todoist, I have. Um, a personal expense label and a business expense label. And I have different expenses all in the same projects, uh, in the same project, in a single project, but each of those tasks, they've been labeled differently. So I created a filter that aggregates all of my tax, tasks from the expenses project, but then set two filters that separates those between personal expenses and business expenses. I also have a filter for, uh, and this is where you can go kind of crazy with a, with a, with a filter syntax. I can view upcoming expenses that are due within the next two days. So I can, you know, if there's a payment that I need to make sure that will go through my credit card or my bank account, I can just view within the next uh, 48 hours what's coming up in terms of expenses and to make sure that I'm prepared for that. That's, that's pretty cool. I think that's, for me, that's one of the things that kind of differentiates uh, a kind of basic entry-level to-do list manager with a really you know pro version or a, a heavyweight app, you might call it, is that ability to kind of take a, a list of things and show you a particular perspective or a particular view on that database. Uh, and for me, that's something that has always been key in, in my um, in my use of to-do managers is, is to be able to get that kind of information out when I need to get it. Yeah. And tasks in Todoist uh, are not just uh, task titles and dates. You can also add uh, comments, files, and links to tasks. So I want to start from links. Links are a bit different uh, from links in Todo. I still believe that Todo has the best implementation of attaching a web page to a task uh, because of, the, of a feature called Browse Actions. Uh, in, to, in Todoist, it's a little different in that you type out your task and then you can attach a link to the title. And automatically, Todoist will extract the link for you from the title and make it a tappable link. So you tap it and you can open in Safari or your default browser. Uh, there's also a different way to attach... Uh, uh, links. I believe you need to. I believe you need to use parentheses to enclose the link, and then it will make the title sort of like Markdown. I believe it's a similar okay. syntax. Mm -hmm. It'll make the title clickable for you. So notes are a little, uh, are, are, are not, maybe not the most popular feature, at least from what I've seen, but they can be really handy. So you can attach any any item to to a task, whether it's a text note or another link, an image, or any other kind of file. And it's uh, and it's one of those details that separates Todoist from other task managers. You're free to attach any media or any document. To a task, which can be really handy if you're working with files with, especially with other people. You know, maybe you want to collaborate on a draft uh, for for a text document, or you want to attach screenshots for review uh, to to send it to another person in a collaborative project. And those can be really handy. Um, and finally. I want to mention two other aspects of Todoist. Uh, my two favorite default views of the app is the today view and the next seven days view. So today, as you can imagine, it, it groups all tasks that are due on the current day. And 
for example, you wake up in the morning, you want to take a look at what's due, um, you can just open the today view and it'll uh, automatically collect all of the tasks that are due today. So you can just get an idea of how busy you're going to be. The next seven, and the today view is also what you're going to see in the widget of the iOS app. The next seven days view is kind of handy. It's basically a week view. And like today, it aggregates all of the different tasks tasks due within the next seven days. And for me, I think it's a, it's a great way to get an idea of the week ahead and to see how busy am I going to, am I going to be for the current week? What's going to happen? You know, what kind of responsibilities I need to make sure that I'm aware of. Uh, so that's really useful. I think some of these features are really, uh, they're really key. And the one I'm particularly interested in is um, adding notes to items. Uh, or, or files as such, because it's something that in my use of OmniFocus, OmniFocus hasn't always been the strongest in terms of keeping other things along with your tasks. I mean, it's been good. At, you know, I can put a link to a file on my Mac, for example, but in this world where we're going across devices and indeed across platforms more often than ever before, uh, it's good to be able to have that stuff in the, in the database rather than having to rely on some external configuration of files and folders and so on elsewhere. So at this point, uh, those who have been reading Mac stories and following me might be wondering why I'm talking about Todoist as if it's the current task manager that I'm using instead of Todo. And uh, the the answer is simple: is I'm using Todoist again. And and this is goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the show. Uh, I realized a few months back before going to WWDC that the summer was going to be different for me and I was going to need more uh, web automation features and mm-hmm. I was going to need more uh, integrations with different services to create tasks as easily as possible without having to open a task manager on iOS. And a practical example is I knew coming into the summer I was going to be busy not opening Twitter, not, you know, talking to people all the time. And I knew I was going to be focused on writing, just writing every day, shutting down everything else. And so I thought maybe uh, I'm going to need a way to create a task and delegate stuff uh, when I open Slack. And I just check in on Slack on the MacStories team for like five minutes a day. And when I go there, I want to be able to create a task and be done with it. And at the same time, I realized because I'm going to be so busy this summer and it's going to be different from the rest of the year, um, I'm going to need my task manager to do some work for me. And specifically, I'm going to need to be reminded of tasks that need to be done Uh, without me having to remember to add those tasks into my task manager. And I'm going to explain this in a minute. So it it all goes back to Todoist being a web service and Mm -hmm. being cross-platform. And because of this, they have an open API for web developers to build upon. And one of the features of this API is the ability to automate Todoist with either uh, IFTTT or Zapier, or your workflow on iOS, and and even Slack, as I mentioned. So what I did is I set up the MacStories team to so that I can log into you know this, our Slack for like ten minutes, switch between different channels, and when someone is trying to tell me stuff that I need to do, like Federico, you need to make sure that you read this draft, or you need to make sure that you check into the Club MacStories email. 
I can just uh, use a slash command in Slack, uh, which is slash Todoist, uh, check on email for club members. And without having to remember to switch contexts from Slack, from Slack to my task manager, I can just tell my colleagues, okay, I will take care of this, and I'll enter the Todoist sentence inside Slack, and it's already in my task manager with a due date waiting for me. Yeah, that's where uh, the natural language processing becomes yes, so powerful, isn't it? Exactly. You, you don't even have to kind of go through a share sheet and then a, an extension nope. to and then configure the extension and so on. You just go do this thing. Exactly. And it, is, and it, is done. Yeah. it makes sense when you when you're when you just check into a, a Slack every few minutes every day. And you you want to make sure that when you go there you get the the most out of it out of, of a, out of a conversation. So when I log into you know the Maxoris Weekly channel on Slack and there's John and Graham they're telling me things that I need to do. I want to be able to just remain in the channel, add tasks into Todoist, and tell John and Graham it's okay I, I got this. And the other aspect is Zapier uh, web automation. Uh, I realized that I, I needed to automate as many parts of repeating tasks as possible. And those tasks include, for example, posting links to uh, relay shows on Mac stories. And big, big, what I realized is uh, I was constantly forgetting to link to the latest connected, to link to the latest canvas. And I wanted to... I wanted to create the system that would create those tasks for me and make it easy for me to create a link post on Mac Stories. And maybe you're wondering, how can you do that? So I went a little crazy, Fraser. Okay. And I created these workflows on, on Zapier mm -hmm. that use uh, RSS, okay. Python, mm -hmm. and Todoist, and Workflow, <laughs> okay. and Ulysses. Okay. <laughs> to, to, to tell me so it's a, it's a, a few different steps so whenever there's a new canvas episode and i can do this by looking into the canvas rss feed uh, create a todoist task that has a link that i can tap to create a new link post template in ulysses and how can i do that i look at the raw source of the rss feed I take care of it. I clean it up with Python. Mm -hmm. So I separate like, what's the name of the show? Canvas. What's the, num what's the episode number? Uh, 14. This is all regular expressions. Uh, what's the description of the show? What's the links in, 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 this, in this current episode? And then when I have all of those variables, I assemble a workflow URL scheme that creates a markdown template as text input. So I assemble this URL scheme with the template of the post that I want to have on Mac Stories. Mm -hmm. And when I have this finalized workflow URL scheme, I attach it to a note, to a task in Todoist. And okay. whenever there's a new episode, Zapier runs this cycle in like 30 seconds and puts a task in my Todoist that is due in the next hour. So whenever a new episode of Connected, uh, Remaster, or Canvas is online on RelayFM, um, to do is tells me, look, you got a link to this within the next hour today. Uh, so the next step happens on the iOS side in Todoist. 
I have this task, I get a notification, and now at this point, I don't want to write the, the, the post manually uh, because there's too much friction. So I tap this workflow link, and this workflow link uh, launches workflow. It does a bunch of regular expressions, it uh, looks at the markdown that I generated from Zapier, and it launches Ulysses. It creates a new sheet in Ulysses, and this new document is pre-filled with the, the title of the post, the description of the show, a link to go to the Relay website and listen, and li uh, a list of sponsors for the current episode. At this point, all I need to do is add a couple of sentences as my personal comment on the show, and hit publish, and it's done. And it's been a terrific way to help me remember that I need to link to new uh, podcast episodes on Relay FM, and most of all, remove friction from me to create those posts manually, to sit down and be like, okay, I got to write the title, I got to remember what the episode number is, I got to copy the description, copy the sponsors. Zapier and Todoist and Workflow take care of that for me. I just need to hit a link, wait for Ulysses to show up with the document pre-filled, add the sentence, and I'm done. And it's amazing. And you're publishing directly from Ulysses to the website, yeah. is that right? Yeah, yeah. Also with workflow, so cool. uh, so this Very is cool. uh, I have three different uh, Zapier workflows that uh, each for you know one for connected, one for remaster, the last one for Canvas, mm -hmm. and I also have another custom integration uh, that I use for Club Max Stories. Uh, basically, whenever I add a new um, member to the to the to a card in Trello because we're using a Trello board to organize uh, content for the Club Max Stories newsletters. Um, and if that person is me, I know that it's, a, that it's a task that I should, you know, take a look at because it's my responsibility. And these web automations are, give you an idea of how you can take advantage of, you know, an API and open technologies such as RSS or Python to automate your, your task manager. And in my case, when I realized, okay, look, I'm go it's going to be a different few months from when, I, when it was, you know, November and I was using to do, and I was, you know, I wasn't so busy. It's going to be different because I need to delegate more. I need to use these collaborative services like Trello with other people more. And, uh, and, and I also don't want to forget about tasks that I need to, to do, but I also don't want to have the friction of doing all of those processes manually. So Todoist allows me to automate that. And I can even use Workflow, you know, on iOS, uh, if I receive a PDF document, for example, for a sponsor. And, the, the, you know, the sponsor emails me and it's like, uh, we're the sponsor next week, here's uh, the text that you need to use. And I don't want to go look for that document into my email again. So what I do is I save the PDF into a task, into Doist, uh, using Workflow. And, and you know, it's it's been such a terrific way to help me do more while caring less. Not not in a negative sense, but in removing friction. Uh, not that I don't care about those tasks, it's just I'm so busy in writing the review, I, I don't have the time or the patience right now to to build those tasks and to remember to to do, to add them to my task manager manually every single day. Yeah, no, that, that for me that's one of the the big differences between say an, an app like OmniFocus, which is you know an, a native app on Mac and iOS, and there's a syncing service 
versus something that is essentially a web service with clients because what, what I'm hearing from what you're saying there is that Todoist is essentially working for you in the background 24-7, yeah. doing things, uh, lining things up uh, that you need to see. Whereas for me, as an OmniFocus user, I would have to sort of be, I would have to do the Zapier bit myself, right? Which is to, if something comes in by email, I have to at least interact with it somehow on a device and send it into iOS and into OmniFocus, for example. Uh, and there are some things you can do in OmniFocus, such as you, you can for there's a an email address you can send tasks to and they appear in your database. And that's something I do use quite a lot. We'll probably talk about that in another show. But uh, for me, the, this is the big conceptual difference between your, your sort of uh, Google style, you know, Google Docs, Google Sheets, Todoist type of apps where you've got the server component and the clients are talking to it versus sort of local state and local information that you have to sort of interact with and you have to kind of work it yourself a little bit. So that, that is super powerful and very, very compelling story uh, yep. in, in terms of what, what is possible with, with web automation. Yeah, and uh, again, uh, I, I just want to stress how I'm not making a lifetime commitment to... <laughs> you know, to, to this service. It's just that at this point this year, uh, I just realized I need to optimize uh, the way... Uh, I need to optimize my time and I need to be laser-focused on the review. And But there's also other stuff, you know, uh, and I cannot forget about sponsors. I cannot mm. forget about Mac Stories. And I, God, I cannot forget about Club Mac Stories because people are giving me money. Yeah. So whenever, whatever I can do, to stay focused on the review, but also have a task manager and workflow and Zapier do the work for me in the background, I need to do that. And it's it's not a an accusation against you know OmniFocus or Todo. Those are excellent apps, but it's just because Todoist has a, is a web service with a web API and because it supports web automation. If you also find yourself in this kind of similar scenario where you're so busy and you wish your task manager could be smarter, could be automated, because you have stuff to do, but you don't have the time to manage it, maybe it's something you, you know you, you should consider. As time goes on and as more... Serv- it feels to me that like a lot of our work is kind of fragmenting into lots of different places. So you've got, you know, particularly people who have heavily adopted Slack, you've now got yeah. Slack, you've got email, you've got messages, you've got, you know, Facebook Messenger, Snapchat, all, and... and more and more what I kind of see in my working life is that people are very much blurring the boundaries of, of which one of those services is for what purpose. Like for me, I'm like, you know, you, you email me about school at my email address. You don't text me about it, but then everybody starts texting me about stuff. So okay, like, how, do, how do you bring all that together? You know, and, and that's kind of what you're just describing there is kind of the, the next stage in a lot of that stuff is how do you get control of that again? Uh, and to me, it, it sounds like you're funneling a lot of that stuff back into Todoist. Now, I had a question for you, and what you said there was that you said that when you get a new sponsor and, and you show a thing that you have to post, you're setting um, due dates within the next hour. You must be pretty, uh, either pretty disciplined in uh, making sure you clear that, or you just, you know, those are the only due things you use. I don't know. No, for sponsors, I usually set it for the next Monday. Okay. Because they they sponsors email me the week before, usually with a, either word uh, word document or a PDF, and they're like, "This is the the sponsor material for the next week." So from airmail, I can, um, or even from mail, I think you can run a workflow on a PDF. Um, I can just uh, use workflow and 
say, okay, this is uh, the file variable, attach it to to-do, to Todoist, and I I just enter a natural language sentence uh, and be like, uh, sponsor uh, Monday at, you know, 6 p.m. And there's a task in the MacStories project uh, with the document attached. So when it's due, I just look at the document again, copy and paste, or, you know, look at the, 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 the sponsor uh, uh, features, and uh, I can just write it, uh, and I don't forget about it anymore. Interesting, interesting. I must yeah. look into this again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about a different app now, Fraser. Yeah, let's, let's simplify a little bit. <laughs> do okay. Do a little bit less. Um, Apple Reminders, right? All so, right. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's kind of, um, uh, it's the sort of Diet Coke of, <laughs> of uh, uh, to-do list applications. But the, the, for me, the, the beauty of Apple Reminders is that everybody's got it, right? And if you wanted to say it for me in school, if I want to, you know, do a lesson about using a to-do list, for example, I can just pick up reminders and it will do the job for, you know, young people, uh, even up to, you know, people doing exams or whatever. Uh, most people will, will be satisfied with something about as simple as reminders. It's just a great way to get started for, for people who basically don't, either don't use a to-do list manager or uh, don't have heavy, heavy needs. I, I said earlier, and I think this is this is still true, that the difference between a heavyweight to-do application like Todoist or OmniFocused and something more like Reminders is the scalability of it. Like if you have 40 different to-do list items, or for me in my OmniFocused database, I have maybe 70 projects that I'm working on. Uh, reminders isn't going to scale to 70 projects, okay? But like I said earlier, one of the ways you can use something like Reminders, even alongside OmniFocused, is, well, I, I have my shopping list in Reminders, for example. And I use it for certain kinds of things that OmniFocus can't do, which I'll mention in a minute. I would say that Reminders is also, I don't know if you agree with me on this, it's not as well developed as, for example, Notes. Now, in iOS 9, Notes got a huge bump and a lot of new features and a lot of new capabilities. Reminders hasn't really had that love yet from Apple, even in iOS 10. And I think at some point, one would sort of hope that it does get a little more features. Uh, the same way that Notes kind of went from, okay, it's, an, it's a place where everybody can type in text, right? To something that actually could be a, a pretty serious productivity tool for, for a certain type of use case. So, you know, what's good about Reminders, right? Well, the thing I, I have always found when talking to people about to-do list applications in iOS is that people find them incredibly intimidating to start. And OmniFocus has always suffered from this complaint, true or not, I'm not sure, that it's too complicated to get started with. Whereas Reminders has a very simple and approachable design. It's 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 not cartoony, but it's it's kind of cheery and, you know, colourful and people like it. Uh, and it has the it uses a similar design to uh, Passbook or Wallet, which is the sort of stacked cards metaphor, where you can flip down a card and you can see the whole the whole uh, content of it, and then you can stack them up again and so on. And where I think Reminders is actually very powerful is that it is deeply integrated with iOS. So it has, and even in iOS 10, it's the only app that you can add things to through Siri, right? Um, you can say things like, remind me to do this thing. You can say, create a new list. And even when you're looking at something, and Federico, I know you've used this perhaps more than I have, the, the user activity stuff in iOS where, say, you're looking at a web page, you can invoke Siri and say, uh, remind me about this. And what will happen is that Reminders will create a to-do item uh, and it will also have a link into the web page you were looking at when you spoke to Siri about it. So that's those are some pretty cool features. But there are some additional sort of 
mm, power features might be putting a little strongly, but there are, there are some quite interesting features you can use around about location in reminders. And one of them is uh, location-based reminding. So you can say things like, remind me about this when I get to work. And if you have a work address in your contact card, in contacts, when you get into the geolocation of your work, you will, your reminder will pop up. You can also do the same thing for leaving your current location. But the one that I really like, and this is actually where I use reminders in, in my day-to-day life, is uh, you can also say when I get into the car and when I get out of the car. And what this does is it uses the, if you have CarPlay or if you have in-car Bluetooth, whenever your iPhone connects to that or disconnects from your car system, you will get, uh, your reminder will pop up saying, you know, remember to do whatever it is you said to do. There's also a really nicely done uh, share sheet implementation for reminders. So you can uh, just, whatever you're going to share, you can hit the reminders button and you'll get uh, the ability to set things like priorities and due dates and, and ways to be reminded as long as well as the the in- information that you're getting uh, in the reminder there as well. So I want to ask you, um, you mentioned the the location-based reminders, mm-hmm. uh, and specifically the the ones about the the car getting yeah. in and getting out of the car. Do they do those work well for you? I would say they're not as reliable as I would mm. like them to be. Like I wouldn't necessarily depend on them for like you know paying my credit card bill or something like that. <laughs> sure. Um, but. Uh, they, they mostly work, I would say. I, mm. I think they're probably better with CarPlay than they are just with yeah. generic car Bluetooth. Um, but I, I don't have a CarPlay car, so I, I don't know uh, yeah, for, see, for I, sure. But. I don't even have Bluetooth in my car. So <laughs> I was never able to use those. And in fact, with iOS 10, I cannot even use the, you know, there's a new Maps feature mm-hmm. that puts a pin in, in uh, for the location of your parked uh, car. Yes, and I cannot use that because it depends on car Bluetooth, and I and I don't have it. So no yeah. reminders, no maps for me. <laughs> that, that that feature actually has worked for me. I noticed that when we were on holiday a couple oh, nice. weeks ago. Um, I, I was we were looking at how do we walk back to the car, and then I just saw there's a there's an icon of a parked car on this map. What is that? <laughs> and it was it was where the car actually was, which was really cool. So. Yeah. So uh, I suppose Reminders actually has a couple of kind of unique power features, one of which is Siri access, which, of course, even with this, the Siri kit in iOS 10, I think I'm right. There's there's still no access for there's only access for certain kinds of applications and to do list uh, apps aren't one of them. Is that right? Uh, yeah. So we're going to we have to wait for to do or only focus to get the features that that, uh, that remind uh, Apple Reminders already has, especially when it comes to the you know, the system integrations that uh, uh, Reminders has for, um, you know, the, the NS user activity, like remind me about, about this or looking yeah. at a web page, looking at a message, uh, any other, any item that has a, a user activity attached, uh, third-party apps cannot use that, cannot take advantage of Siri in that sense. And maybe my hope is that by iOS 11 next year, the, there's going to be an expansion of the domains supported by Siri. Uh, so right now it's seven domains in iOS 10 focused on like fitness, payments, uh, ride sharing, that kind of stuff. There's no task management so domain. So maybe by next year, you know, apps like Todo is an OmniFocus and Todo will be able to uh, be more like reminders in this sense to be able to, you know, wh- whatever you're doing, you're looking at a web page 
page or you're looking at an iMessage, you bring up Siri and you say, remind me about this in Todoist. And the task looks at the NS user activity and puts a task with an intent into Todoist or OmniFocus or any other task manager. So this year, still not possible. Maybe next year. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> so just a couple of other things to say that you can do in reminders. One is uh, you can have a you can have a scheduled list. So if you, if you have any items that have a due date on them, reminders will automatically generate a, a specific view of those within in the scheduled tab that it's called. There aren't really other ways to do that, but but that is one thing you can do. Uh, there is a, a basic watch app coming in WatchOS 3 as well, which which is quite nicely done as well. It basically lets you just tick off items and look at the different lists that you've got and tick off items in there. Uh, but it's that was something that was kind of criticized as being missing from watchOS 1 and 2 was anything to do with reminders apart from notifications. So so that is coming and it's quite nicely done. That was demoed at the at the keynote and at WWDC. Um, last thing is collaboration features and reminders are pretty basic, but there is one that you can use, um, which is if you use iTunes Family Sharing, which is this mechanism whereby you can sort of declare other Apple IDs as part of your family, uh, and it's sort of there's a bit of social engineering in there because you have to let those other people use your credit card so <laughs> that's how they control people's willingness to share with other people but a couple of things happen with iTunes family sharing one is it creates a shared family calendar in your iCloud calendars but it also creates a shared family to-do list as well so for other people who are who are in your iTunes family sharing group uh, you can actually add things to that list and they will see those items as well. So that's there is a, a basic level and very restricted and limited level, but there is some collaboration for for families. So you, that's a really nice way to just say you are an OmniFocus user, which OmniFocus doesn't really have any of those features. This is one place where like my wife and I can have a common shopping list where you know she can add things to the shopping list and I can go to the shops and get them, which is usually uh, how things work um, of an evening. So um, that's... That's basically the strengths of reminders. And, and there are a couple of weaknesses, but I, I've kind of covered most of them already. Mainly um, that there are no real automation features outside of Siri. There's no collaboration features outside of iTunes family sharing. And that the design doesn't scale terribly well to very large numbers of, yeah. of tasks. You know, those are key things. I suppose the other thing to say is, is also that uh, when when you do have, you know, 70 to 100 projects and, and maybe twice that number of tasks or more being able to do that kind of searching and filtering there is a basic search and reminders but there's not uh, the idea of uh, filters as in Todoist or perspectives as an OmniFocus to show me all the tasks that are this or that or the next thing or the only uh, meta view if you like in reminders is that scheduled view where it's anything that has a due date attached to it but uh, overall Reminders is, is a great way to get started with to-dos on, on iOS. It's not it's not the most powerful application, but it is built in. It's free. Yeah. It's attractive. It's fast as well. That's something that is, is not always true of every to-do list application, but it's fast to use. It's well integrated with the system, and it's, it's a great place to get started. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If you're looking for a basic task manager, you know, uh, I, I definitely recommend it. I used reminders for, for a couple of years, you know, a while back. And uh, mm -hmm. definitely a recommendation, especially because, you know, Apple apps are getting better, you know, the default apps on iOS. And reminders hasn't been updated, you know, design-wise. It could use a redesign, but the functionality is all there and it's got some really handy uh, system integrations. Yeah. 
Great, so that basically wraps up our first show on uh, to-do list items. There, there will be more, uh, at least one, maybe, maybe two if we if we have enough to say. Um, that was Todoist and reminders. Uh, one thing to say, just coming up, Federico, just to mention this, is that in the month of August, the whole of the Relay Network are going to be doing uh, specific shows just for members of the mm-hmm. network. So if you want to, if you're not a member of the Really FM network, you can join up. I think it's really.fm slash membership, uh, and you can look for it there. When you do that, you, it's a paid membership program, just like Club Max Stories. You get access to, uh, what do you get access to? Additional member shows. Um, yep. You get to su- directly support specific shows. So if you're And you, a, get a, you get a, a newsletter, in oh, your inbox as well, yep. with some real nice behind the scenes content mm-hmm. and really it's it's a it's a, we believe it's a, it's a great way to support your shows your favorite shows or all of the relay network but you know if you if you like canvas or if you like other specific shows feel free to become a member there's different membership tiers that you can consider and it's a, you, you'll be part of a very lovely and nice group of people yeah, and what you can do is you, you can you can sort of designate your favorite show and, and support that show specifically, or you can just support the whole network as well. The, the reason for saying all of this just now is that in the month of August, there are going to be a series of uh, member-specific shows, yep. uh, and we have lined up a special guest who we will keep secret yes. for now, uh, but we are very much looking forward to talking to this person who has been one of the key people i would say in in driving like serious productivity adoption of ios yeah uh, and we're looking forward to a, a good conversation for members about that it's topic. perfect yep. match for canvas absolutely yeah so you, we can find the show notes for this show at relay.fm slash canvas slash 15 if you want to connect with us we are underscore canvas fm on twitter i'm fraser spears federico is vitici and we will see you next time